right, welcome to the next episode of the Mantic Podcast. I'm your host, Chopper, and today I'm joined with Sophie and James from uh, Needy... Oh, I forgot the name of Needy Cat, right? Needy Cat Games, that's the one. <laughs> For some reason, I had in my head it was Greedy Cat, but it's Needy Cat. I mean, that, our cat is needy and greedy. That would also apply. So Sneezy, he's bashful. He's all seven of the dwarfs. There you go. <laughs> he is not uh, bashful. If uh, for some reason you guys have been living on rock, uh, James and Sophie are responsible for Mantic's Hellboy and the latest League of Infamy. Yep. Yeah. We uh, yeah we've, for we've, we've had some fun. Haven't we? We've done some fun things in Mantic. Yeah, yes. of course. Mantic yeah, definitely. Or uh, Hellboy also is a awesome game, a uh, very 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 popular. And uh, it looks seems to me that uh, League of Infamy now is starting to kind of take off. I'm seeing a lot of a lot of chatter on the social medias about it. Everyone's kind of digging the way it runs. Uh, for those uh, not familiar with League of Infamy, again, if you've been living on the rock, uh, why don't you guys give a quick synopsis of what League of Infamy is all about? Uh, yeah, it's a dungeon crawler which has a slightly unusual twist, which is that you're playing villains assaulting a dungeon. So, well, a keep, I think. Yeah, 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 it's not a dungeon, it's a keep. It's a good guy keep manned by uh, well, good guys, uh, elves in the core game, and we call it a cooperative game because uh, you uh, work with a team of villains, and if you don't work together, you will not make it out with the loot. But of course, you want to win. Yeah, you want exactly. your villain to be the best. Only one, one can win properly, <laughs> so you won't survive without working together. But you also want to come out on top. So there comes a point in every game where the villains, dis- like someone on the villain side, will decide to stab someone else in the back. <laughs> and there's lots of mechanics within the game that allow you to do that. You don't actually kill your fellow villains, but you might trip them. Yeah, there's no or... player versus player combat, but yeah. there's lots of little ways. There's player versus player jostling. You jostling. Know, you kind of. You can spite. There's a lot yeah, of spite exactly. in there. Yeah, there you go. That's a good word for spite. But it's it's a fun kind of way. There's lots of like pickpocketing and like tripping um, and stuff like that. And uh, and then once one player does it, then it tends to d- devolve into. Um, oh, it turns into like a shootout. You know, it starts yeah. with everyone being. <laughs> Come on, let, let let's let's be a team. Let's be like SWAT operatives. Let's go into here, clear this place out, and then you know, twenty minutes in, the goblin steals a health potion from someone else and then all hell breaks loose yeah and it's and it's really fun um when we were play testing this i don't think i've ever play tested a game which has had people laughing loudly around the table for like a huge chunk of the game and it being like a constant constant silly fun but still strategic experience and i'm really proud of what we made actually i i think it's come out really uh really nicely because as well you can also play the keep master which is a really fun challenge um during a lot of the playtesting, i ended up being the keep master a lot of the games um and i love it being like the the person controlling the defenders you can use the ai or you can play one versus many oh yes. one versus one versus many always right yeah absolutely yeah. but we wanted to make it an interesting experience because in, in our experience in a lot of these games where you have like a one versus many thing the person who is the one it can feel like quite a dry experience sometimes mm. like you know you're you're maintaining the game and you're uh you know you're throwing enemies at the the heroes but you're not really having as much fun whereas with this you basically have the chance to stir the pot Oh, it's of, so good. Yeah, give the heroes 
uh, sorry, the, the villains rather, more <laughs> little opportunities to back. You're, you're constantly other. encouraging them, and I, it's it's great because you you can get involved in the table talk. I used to constantly try and interfere with their table talk, so I'd be like, "Oh, but you could totally kill my guy. Look, if you and I, I'd do it like if I was sort of talking them through. But I'd be like, "But if you took an extra step here, and then you you spent that." Um, infamy to do this thing and then you change your dice to that and you spend all of your activities doing that you could totally do it but every time they do all of these like push uh, every character has different mechanics that they can use um, then they can start giving you alarm tokens which then you can spend on reinforcing so you're constantly trying to get in the players heads and like convince them to push themselves more so they make more noise and of so course you- say things like hey don't don't help him out he just stole your health potion yeah exactly <laughs> So yeah, it's, so it's been a really fun, fun game. Is that enough for a synopsis? We've kind of <laughs> we sorry, we went. And, oh no, no, no! Yeah, this is that. it's great. I mean, I think people need. I you know, I think it's very interesting that you mentioned about how, uh, the keepmaster kind of playing uh, the players off against each other because I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone would actually do that in in my group at least. So now that <laughs> now that you've mentioned it, now it's in the back of my head. Now they yeah. know. Yeah. And, and the thing is, as well, is that what I really like about um, the game is because it's cooperative and the villains are always sort of slightly sneakily doing things to one another. I think as the Keepmaster, you feel less key- guilt if you're like throwing really hard challenges at them because a lot of the reason why they fail is because of hubris, because they've, you know, stabbed one another in the back too early in the game <laughs> or they've they've refused to do something because that would give someone else an advantage and they don't want to do that. And um where I think, like, I've played a lot of a lot of dungeon crawlers. We've we've written a lot of dungeon crawlers, and we've played a lot of dungeon crawlers. And I think sometimes, if you're like the dungeon master, you end up feeling like you might have some amazing cards in your hand. You might have an amazing thing that you could do, but everyone's having a bad time. They're not having fun around the table, so you don't really want to make them have less fun even more so you know if they're struggling with the challenge you don't want to be like well i'm just going to kick you while you're down so you might not play it or at least that's what i do it's like, it's like even like um you know when, when even if you're being adversarial adversarial and you're trying to beat them it's still like you're pitting off your enjoyment versus the enjoyment of like four of your friends mm. and so there is this little and certainly i think for, for me this is true a little voice in your head which says well go easy on him let him have a win occasionally yeah whereas with this as so says because they're already screwing each other over. You can just just jump in and, and, and twist the knife, and they often don't even notice because they're so busy. <laughs> yeah, you know. And it it becomes very satis. It's a satisfying experience, even for the one, rather than them concerning themselves with the enjoyment of the many which i've caught myself doing in other games that have a similar format which um i'm really proud of as a as a as a sort of design and yeah hubris is the best game mechanic so the fact that we've managed to build that into the very core of the game i'm really satisfied oh, with yeah. it when it when, when it when you get to the end of a game and the players go yeah we screwed that up you know <laughs> you, you know you, you've done it right. yeah that's awesome and so um Going in a little bit here into the game a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So for villains to, I guess, screw themselves or screw their teammates over, uh, you've used the the disorder cards that come with the deck, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yes, indeed. So we wanted to kind of. Oh, sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, so we <laughs> wanted to put something in with the um, the cards. Like we wanted to have a way for the keep master to um, interfere with the players. So originally, the disorder cards were a thing which were drawn by the keep master and handed out to the players. As yeah. kind of, it was like a reference to like the the DM passing secret notes in a game of Dungeons and Dragons, um, uh, and also uh, something that really heavily influenced us is uh, the RPG Paranoia. If you've ever played that, it's um, a classic game. I love Paranoia. 
It's yeah. so good. But the brilliant thing about that is in that, like, note passing genuinely, in, like, makes you feel paranoid. You do. You're like, why is the, why is the GM giving you yeah. that? Why haven't I got one of those? What what color are you really? You know, and we wanted, you know, because you get, like, different levels of, um, don't you, like, ultraviolet and uh, blue and green and they all have different rankings within the game of paranoia so you're like are you secretly a yellow now and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. like or oh, what's going on um and we wanted to instill that feeling of like n- distrust between the players without it being a thing that stopped you from playing the game so and we then, started um yeah, with those with the disorder cards being a thing that the the, the keep master would hand out to instill that and the half of the cards had like this is a blank card but everyone won't, <laughs> won't believe you yeah, it um, literally said yeah this is a blank card no one will believe you that it is though. Yeah. and there were things that the player could play it, that it was still the player's choice but they could play it in order to get a bonus but it would be a thing that would screw over the other players yeah. and that kind of evolved into the disorder cards as they are which is um, I really like it there's an escalation mechanic which yes. is where at the start of the game the villains are kind of working together but the more they go through the deck. The more things happen, um, the more the, the more of these disordered cards they draw. And these are cards which each villain has initially one in their hand, later on two or three, and they uh, they can play them. And it, it is literally things like you can trip a villain who is next to you. It reduces the movement by one, but you get an infamy token. And infamy tokens are things that... They're kind of they're representative of like the tales you tell in the tavern after the mission, mm. you know. And so you but you can so you can keep them. Whoever has the most infamy generally is going to do well yeah. to to win the mission. But also you can spend them on buffing up your dice rolls and things. So by tripping your one of your teammates, you mildly inconvenience them. You mildly help the keep master, and you get yourself some infamy. And so it's you're putting yourself ahead of the team. And yeah. as soon as one person plays one of those, then they all start. Oh yeah, it becomes and, a and revenge I, thing. Absolutely, yeah. and also there's a because you're getting like a building mechanic throughout it, where you get more and more disorder cards throughout the game. Um, the temptation grows with every one you get added to your hand. So the more chances yeah. you have to do it, you're like, well, I might as well. <laughs> um, so that that was a great way um, to, to get that pettiness in. And we also, we realized quite early on in the development process that we didn't really want people to be able to stab each other like and have actual combat. Yeah, exactly. Because the problem with that is then it just devolves into a big fight. And, it, yeah. and also it leads to like player elimination. We like games where the player, every player is involved until the end. Mm. And if you have a thing where, what well, you can all turn around and you know stab the Ratkin because he's been being sneaky, well, then that player is now sitting out the rest of the game. So. Yeah. Having the disorder cards, giving a different lever to pull to give like friction in the group just felt like a, a really solid move. Yeah, and I think as well, um, I, rem- I just remember, I'm sure anyone who's ever played any kind of RPG, um, you know, I remember my early days of like D&D and you'd always have that one player who was like, haha, I'm going to antagonize the group. Oh, and yeah, they'd be okay. like, I'm secretly <laughs> stealing things and poisoning everyone. And from a play- from a from another player's perspective within the group, I was like, well, why would you tolerate them being in the group? You just stab them. <laughs> you just or you just leave them in a tavern and they'd wake up and you'd be gone. You know, like that's what would happen to someone like that. So, you know, we thought what would happen with a bunch of those people who have all been left behind, what would they all do if they had to band <laughs> together? This is like a group made up entirely of that character. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it's all pettiness, you know. It's it, you know, it's a, it's this sort of you know. I, I love the um, like you can heal people, you can help people get up. 
but they have to give you their infamy because they have to admit in the pub afterwards, you know, in the bar afterwards when they're sitting there in the tavern boasting about, they have to admit that someone else helped them. Yeah. And that, you know, that that's part of it. Is it's 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 all that sort of pettiness. I, I um, think generally the the way the infamy mechanic works is, is really fun. It was I remember it came out of a chat we had, one of the meetings we had with Mantic where we were demo, demoing the game early on, and um, Ronnie who. He's got a surprisingly good head for games. Yes, yes, he does. He is like, and what I mean by surprisingly is for someone in his position, a lot of people that run games companies, you know, they might not have like the incisive mind to get their heads around what makes a good game, but Ronnie absolutely does. And, um, and he's got really good instincts for stuff. And what he was saying was like, what are your currencies in this game? What are the things that you're trying to accumulate or spend? And we sort of settled on this idea that you have, um, infamy tokens and alarm tokens they they are quite literally two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. because the tokens are double-sided and they're back to back but the alarm tokens are a thing that the keep master generates so they always get some for the just the villains being in the keep but the more stuff the villains do the more of them they tend to get and then they can spend those and then conversely the villains have their infamy tokens as they had and it makes it really interesting. It gives some shape to the game. You're not just traversing the boards and trying to loot things. You're trying to do it in a way which gets you the most infamy. Mm. And likewise, the Keepmaster isn't just defending. They're trying to do it in a way which gets them the most alarm tokens. They want to present you with opportunities to do things um, to give them alarm tokens. One of the great examples is the um, the cat. I forget the name of the cat. The, the elven... Is it the saber-toothed Lyrinx? Lyrinx? Yeah, Lyrinx. Elven, it's not the saber-toothed one, it's just the normal Lynx. one, isn't it? The little, Elven Lynx? The little pussycat. Yeah. <laughs> Elven Lynx, I think. Is yeah. Lyrinx? I Lynx? think it's, it's something like that. But it's not the most scary bad guy they can put in, but it's one which has the ability to yowl and give the Keepmaster alarm tokens. And so the Keepmaster putting those in means the villains have to then decide, do we waste our time taking these annoying little things off the board or do we ignore them and they kick up a fuss and give the keepmaster yeah. more alarm tokens? And so I think they are literally needy cats. They are literally I'm needy so cats. proud of that. Yeah. No. Um, we didn't intend it that way, but they totally turned out that way. That's Someone pointed out perfect, testing, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, there so... was there was a whole when we were playtesting, and I remember when it was right at the start, and we were playtesting the first mission, and someone opened a door, and there were just like three of those lynxes <laughs> in there, and they just closed the door again and locked them in, but they were all yowling. So it was just generating so many alarm tokens that I think like the dwarf had to like trudge back and just take out like it's such a a job below their station almost you know like I cannot believe I'm having also, to do this. Also, to be clear, what I love is the fact that you are so clearly playing the villains. Yeah. Like you know, dwarf kicks a door open and guns down three cats. That's not good guy stuff, right? That's no, yeah, definitely horrible. not. Definitely not. <laughs> you should have seen the uh, wonderful um, like stand-in tokens we made because we didn't have the miniatures yet. So we made these adorable like the. Baby dragons had these huge, cute eyes, like they were like cartoons, <laughs> yeah. and they were like these really cute little things. And people were like, "Ah, oh, die, baby dragon!" And you'd be like, "This is a, this is, a, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a fun experience you're under no to be the bad guy." Playing the good guys, here. yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, one of the things I, I, I like about uh, the disorder card uh, and the deck itself is that you've actually put in these escalation cards. Well, as they get more cards, the villain party. Uh, mm. You're also escalating the Keepmaster's ability to cause them more uh, harm, yeah. I guess, in a better word. So, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's a thing. I mean, it's it's a mechanic. We kind of borrowed it from the board game Pandemic for anyone that's played it, which is where you kind of have uh, cards spaced throughout the disordered deck, 
um, and they're kind of they're spaced out at the start of the game, and then as the villains draw more disorder cards, so initially they're just drawing to replace any ones they play. So initially, escalation can't happen until someone plays one. But as soon as they do... Yeah, and you, know, you can choose to discard them, though. Yes, exactly. So people can be like, oh, I don't like this one, I'm going to discard it. And you're like, dude, you're eroding the deck. Everything's going to go bad quicker. Because yes. you're doing that. And they're like, you know, <laughs> I'm just doing one card for me. And that's like your first little half step into being unhelpful <laughs> yeah. for the, the rest of the group. That's the dagger being drawn before <laughs> yeah. it's plunged into your teammate's back. Absolutely. Um, but then as the escalation cards come out, they either give the Keepmaster more alarm tokens or make the villains draw more disorder cards every turn. And I just love it because to me it feels like a like a Coen Brothers or a Tarantino like heist movie mm. where the characters doing the heist do not get along. They hate each other and they're bickering and squabbling in a really childish manner, mm. which really, you know, has no place on this mission. But they're absolutely going to do it. I mean, we've seen some fantastic playtest games. Wasn't there one that you ran, which ended up the only character that got out was the goblin? Yeah, and he was, was on one. He had one health left, he and he out and of, he like, jumped the out the window while he was on fire. Yeah, was like it. literally, everyone else was down, <laughs> and he like managed to like jump out window, and we imagined into a moat, and that's the only way that he managed to survive because he was still like he was like if I don't jump out if I don't jump out now I'm going to die next turn because yeah. of the fire. Um, yeah, there's some great ones, um, but also. Also, I've seen games where the villains just die super quick because they immediately start betraying each other straight away. Yeah. And the temptation is there. So it really is up to the players how they want to pitch and when they make that choice. And I think the choice of when to betray is the oh, yeah. really that is when the game changes. And it's a really fun moment because every game, every team plays it in a different way. Every group of villains has a different point at which they choose to betray. I've seen some people be incredibly cooperative the entire way. I've seen some people be utter unbridled chaos from the first turn. And I've seen everything in between. <laughs> I've seen some amazing games, though, where they actually played as if they were a group of heroes, super cooperative, right to the last like turn. And then one of the players was just like, right, I'm going to play this disorder card, which means I steal this. I'm going to steal the dragon egg off of you. I'm going to do this. You trip so you can't get out. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to go with everything. And I've got all the loot. And everyone's like, what? And they were like, well, you should have betrayed me sooner. I had all these cards in my hand. You should have known it was coming. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, you know, um, <laughs> what I love is the fact that then that you you kind of get your own little like meta story within your oh, gaming yeah. group because next time you play, you can guarantee someone else is going to betray. Oh first. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do. You get these whole like running storylines. I, I think, think it's great. That bears saying as well. What's interesting with this is we wanted the game to be as modular as possible. This is a thing we carried over from Hellboy. Um, in Hellboy, you've got I think is it six case files in the mm. core box. Yes, but they are all very replayable you can play through the same one however many times and it'll be different every time mm. there's a few twists and turns that you will you will see coming but um it is still a different scenario each time you play it because of the setups of the rooms the order things come out and we want to do that in league of infamy as well so mm. even though there are only six scenarios i believe possibly seven in the um in the game now six yeah six scenarios in the core game each one of those, we say they're more like a scenario in like Kings of War, you know, in that that's a setup for playing a game. But just because you've played scenario one once with your group, that does not mean you couldn't play it again and have a whole different experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, I think because of the modularity of the Keepmaster side, the fact that the Keepmaster chooses how to set up, yeah. and that includes things like... Uh, putting scenery in the way, like blocking off areas with terrain, uh, how to station all of your, you know, your defenders all over yeah. the board. Those things make such a difference to how then the game plays out 
that you can have a really varied experience from playing through the same missions which i yeah. i think is really fun especially for both sides again like if you were to swap around who plays the keep master then that keep master's choices are going to have a huge effect on the game yeah interesting I, interesting i think the other thing it's worth noting as well is that we we made sure that the because it's designed to be played as a, as a campaign you know you can you play through uh, with your same group going through the six scenarios um we've made it so that the the game balances itself it scales so as sophie says the keep master sets up their defense at the start of the of, of the scenario so they pick whichever things they want to want to do but the amount of points they get to spend on that is determined by how much the the, the, the villains have leveled up mm. so as you get through it it becomes you know you can go back you can go back and play mission one again at the end of your campaign with leveled up characters mm. and it's going to be a much much tougher proposition to, to get through there mm. um but it, it means you can kind of like it's designed to narratively work um from one to six but you can really play the scenarios in any order yeah um and that and the, the same is true of the expansions as well you know in the um although in the, in the halfling one which i forget the name of um the it's expansion. a pun i'm sure it's a pun it's all puns yeah <laughs> but the, the the scenario names are it's all named after the courses of a meal because sophie's a comedy genius <laughs> um, <laughs> and so you should absolutely play that in the correct order because you you wouldn't eat your starter after your pudding right That's oh, well depends if you were at six <laughs> yeah, exactly. i must say I, my favorite expansion is the triton uh, oh, the Trident Realms. Yeah, because I really love that one because the baby baby geigers are just such a cute idea of like little baby crabs coming <laughs> after you. Vicious though. They are really vicious. Horrible little vicious things. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, we we had so much fun with this, didn't we? Yeah, I loved I loved writing this. It was it was such a fun experience. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's I guess it's uh, another take of the dungeon crawl, and I think it's going to really scratch an itch for some of these people that like the what I like to call the competitive kind of games. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, absolutely, yeah, competitive, cooperative, there are various names that we've used, semi-cooperative is one that you see thrown around a lot, um, I think it's it's something that I, I've really enjoyed seeing it in a dungeon crawler, mm. and um, I think Sophie's done a great job, because I mean, one thing that's interesting is with, with Hellboy and Leave Him For Me, we, we, we always, we, we design as a team, but with Hellboy, I did like the core engine, and then Sophie developed the, the scenarios. I wrote all of the content. And we flipped it this time around. So this <laughs> yeah. is Sophie's core game. Oh, nice. On in various other bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, it's fun. You know, working as a team is always a, an well, interesting experience. I think, for at least for our development process, having someone else to talk through your ideas oh, yeah. and bounce that between the two of you to distill it is, is so invaluable for our design. Yeah, definitely. And so I think... I mean, I will say this now, you know, live, live on, on camera. So, to speak. <laughs> um, so congratulations on, on a cracking game. Oh, well, thank you. Well, and also thank you for the, you know, all the extra work. And, all the cups of tea. And the yeah. ideas and the, you know. So, uh, no, it's, yeah, it's, it is, it's... It's a solid game. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Glad yeah. you're enjoying it. We're, 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 I'm so excited to play this. Uh, we're just trying to convince our daughter, who is five, that she can join in. Oh, she'll um, happily do it. It's just she's not going to play the rules, and she'll convince she'll be convinced that the orcs have to be friends. Um, well, yeah, we did try and play. What was it we were Hero playing? Quest. Hero Quest, and she wanted to talk to the orc because if it was being aggressive, then it must be in a bad mood, and so therefore must be feeling sad. <laughs> so she wanted to talk to it and make it feel better. So we were like, okay, we'll do that. But it, this is this has become yeah, a different so, game. So maybe legally, yeah. is not the game for her right now. No, no, not just yet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do you guys have anything else coming up that we could chat about? 
Uh, what do we have coming up? Let's think. What are we um, allowed to talk about? That's the difficult stuff. Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, whatever's that yeah, top secret. Uh, there's, well, there's, there's something with Mantic that we can't talk about. Um, um, which... But there's also, you know, I'm making league. some, uh, because I also uh, build war games terrain on the side, because, you know, I can't do one thing. I have okay. to do lots. Uh, a hobby butterfly, I believe, is the correct term. So I'm actually making some dead zone terrain for Mantic at the moment. So, nice. Yeah, so I'm doing some dead zone, uh, like, demo boards that will hopefully be at conventions. So that's really exciting. Yeah. I've got a, a rust and uh, ice board. So it's the really awesome terrain, but all rusted up. And then on, like, a blue ice board, which looks really cool. And then there'll be a cyberpunk city board as well, which is so much fun it's been really interesting i mean so for me this has been a, a real blast in the past so i i was mantic's community manager in 2013 2014-ish so yes. back when dead zone was there so i was there for dead zone, dead zone kickstarter and it's been so much fun kind of revisiting <laughs> that stuff like sophie keeps coming up to me and saying how did these buildings how are these ones meant to go together how's this supposed to do <laughs> What what kind of graffiti should should be on this building? You know, yeah. and um, I'm like, you remember all the corporations' names? Tell me them all. There you go, yeah. right? And and um, cyberpunk is a good way to put it. It should kind of look a little bit like that, in a sense. You know, yeah. bright lights but kind of dark. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's really interesting is, I mean, I've I've seen quite a few dead zone boards over the years, but I think Sophie's really doing some interesting, different things with the terrain. Um, just using it in different ways breaking up some of the silhouettes so it's not quite so blocky and it just shows the versatility of those kits and they're I think, fantastic kits the model yeah. kits for the dead zone terrain are so lovely to oh I, lo- I love them uh, i've been saying for years mantic's terrain range is fantastic and i think not enough people rec- recognize this and yeah. and it basically goes together like lego it's fantastic <laughs> stuff it's just the easiest stuff to build yeah yeah so definitely for sure uh, legos for adults is what we used to call it yeah absolutely <laughs> That was like the, the strap line back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's lovely. That's been a pleasure. And uh, so I've been putting that up. So if that's something that people are interested in, I suppose they can follow, they can follow me on, on Twitter, Twitter, which is uh, Sophiesaurus Rex is my name. I'm sure my we can Twitter send you the link name. and you can throw it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, definitely do that. And I would definitely throw it in the show notes. Uh, do, you got, do you have an Instagram that you show off your little project, Sophie? Yes, Needy Cat Games. All so one all one word. All so right. you can go on Instagram and I, I update it when I remember. Also, Sophie's been posting <laughs> videos on TikTok because she's young and cool. <laughs> oh, that TikTok. Neither one, of those, uh, no, neither one of those things is accurate, but uh, thank you. I've been trying. I've been largely using TikTok to make videos that then I post on Twitter. There you go. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, and that's Sophie Makes Terrain on TikTok because, you know, I try to make it as, you know, does what it says on the tin. Yep. <laughs> so there we go. Fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, what else have we got going on? We've got other things, but... I think most of our stuff is kind of secret right now. All right. Well, that, that, we'll save that for the next talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ask us in a few months and we'll come back on and tell you the secrets. So uh, being game designers, do you ever have a, an urge to try and uh, come across and uh, visit Gen Con? Oh, oh we'd love to. It, um, so actually, I mean, get, get a petition going because we have several years where Ronnie has said to us, yeah, you can come to Gen Con and it's never quite materialized. Um <laughs> In fact, since it's been almost like a running joke, ever since I was at Mantic, there has been like a, <laughs> you know, sev- several things where Ronnie has said to me, "Oh yeah, if this thing happens here, you can come to." You're Jen gonna Jenkins. That's his famous. Like, line. That's his famous line. Was, yeah, like if Hellboy does all right, you can come to Gencon. <laughs> and Hellboy <laughs> did pretty good. Um, um, but yeah, no, we, we would love to. Um, oh, I'd love to go day. to Gencon. Yeah. 
I took, it, you know? uh, I'll be honest, uh, not honest, but I'll be truthful and everything. Uh, when I took uh, Hellboy to C2E2, it was a smash and oh, just everyone was like, I can't believe this is a game. How did I not see this? And I was just <laughs> like, how did you, how can you not see it? <laughs> it yeah. feels like a real sleeper hit. Like a lot of people, like obviously we've got the, the core fan base who are really into it and that's great. But I think it's getting a reputation like out beyond there. You mm-hmm. know, more people are, are learning about it and playing it. I think it's got quite a solid retail following now, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, Mantic still got plenty of stuff that was on the Kickstarter that hasn't come out yet. So hopefully they'll carry on putting out retail expansions and things. Yeah. Oh, I think I so mean, because because uh, it had it for two years now before the pandemic happened. Uh, yeah. And every the the year after, everyone's like, "Hey, do you have any more?" Oh. There are these expansions now. I go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's been really good, and I'm I'm really proud of of the work we put into that as well. I mean, I kind of jokingly refer to Hellboy as my second child because I literally <laughs> after that Kickstarter when it it just kind of exploded, and we had no idea how well the Kickstarter was going to do. No. So we'd written uh, we'd written the core engine and like half the core box uh so like three or four missions and then we were like thinking oh we'll do an expansion and you know on the kickstarter and that'll probably be it and then all the stuff came in from the kickstarter of how much there was to write and it took me nine months to write all of that so it literally it is like a second child to me (laughs) yes i I knew that was gonna go well as soon as we talked about it uh and i was like oh yeah this is gonna go because hellboy is is you know it's, it's a cult and everyone loves it yeah, yeah and it's I mean, such a rich history as well. With, oh, there's with so much. We, we, we read so many comics. I mean, you know, you've got 25 years worth of comics, you know, not just the Hellboy titles, but the other other ones in the, the Mignola verse, as it's called. And um, we, we pretty much read all of it. I think we read all of it. It's, it's weird. It's like I, I heard a thing once. I forget where this quote came from, but it was from uh, some kind of journalist or someone who said, like, when you're studying a, a topic for a, 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 a piece that you're writing – you become a world leading expert in that topic. And then as soon as it's published, you forget like nine tenths of it. And it's kind of been the same. Like for a while there, we were like absolute Hellboy fanatics. We knew every single thing. Yeah. We used to pour through the comics, like frame by frame, like, you know, like looking for any details that we could scrape from, from the the pages of those comics. So now like it's all this kind of blurry memory. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go back and read them again. Like at a leisurely pace. Well, so- we we did a thing, didn't we? When when the when the Hellboy film, uh, the new one, had the trailer out but hadn't been released yet, and we didn't know what it was going to be like, and it was just a really cool trailer. And we went through and took that trailer apart channel, bit yeah. by bit, <laughs> and we were so excited about it. And I think that's where we should have left it, really. Well, you know. <laughs> hey, that film had a great trailer. Yes, it did. <laughs> I did. And, and, yeah. and I was I was excited for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think we, the, yeah. the giant scene was amazing. Oh yeah, well, the that's, that's 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 yeah. that's what I'm going to say. The things that they took from the comics and just kind of put on the screen were great. Yeah. Yes, de- <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Uh, I uh, want to thank you guys for coming on. Uh, it was a, it was a great talk. I'd definitely have you on again when we can talk about the top secret stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely. We look forward to it. All right. Well, I've been Chopper, and thanks for listening to the Mantic Podcast. <laughs>